Okay, it's time to commit. 2024 is the year for prioritizing yourself. Begin your new smile journey with Byte, and you could start seeing results in just two to three weeks. Just order your at-home impression kit today for only $14.95 at Byte.com. Byte clear liners are doctor-directed and delivered to your door. Treatment costs thousands less than braces, plus they offer financing options, accept eligible insurance, and you could pay with your HSA, FSA. Get 80% off your impression kit when you use code WONDERY at Byte.com. That's B-Y-T-E dot com. Start your confidence journey today with Byte. This is Brandon Marsh, the Los Angeles Angels and 66ers baseball. This is Joe Adele here with the Los Angeles Angels. I'm Tori Hunter Jr. You're listening to the All Angels Podcast. Yo, what is up? It is your boy Johnny Mags back at you once again. For another edition of the All Angels Podcast, I'm joined, as always, with... Daniel Garcia. We are back here in uh, at Halo Hall here. The record- A little upgraded since yeah. last time we were here. Uh, Our record- what was it, like four weeks ago? Probably longer, right? Yeah. Because it was, uh, it was before the actual quarantine date when I got sent home from work March 17th. So it had to have been... The weekend, bef- the week, the Thursday or Friday before that. So right. like the 12th or something yeah. like that. So it's been what? A month and a half almost? Something like that. Yeah. It's just. That's crazy. And what's even weirder too is that spring training seems so long ago and it's like two months. Like, you know, it's like not even that long ago when you think about it, but it's just. It, just seems it feels like it was last season's spring training to me. And I, it's funny that you mentioned that because today, because you were coming over, I'm like, oh, Dan's coming over. It's the first time he's come over and like. Almost two months, a month and a half at least. But I was thinking, dude, we were so lucky that we went to spring training when we did. And we, dude, not only just catching maybe the last Angels game up until this point, like live and in person at stadium, but, you know, we ate at the restaurants over there. Like we enjoyed... Tempe, well, full Tempe yeah. as you can, yeah. And then we enjoyed everything that we can enjoy right now because of the quarantine and the stay-at-home stuff, dude, and like... I'm so like I'm glad that we did that when we did because who who'd have thought that we'd be here eight weeks later and you know we still not able to eat at a restaurant or 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 go watch an Angels game? Crazy. Yeah, and that's that's you're right. That's the absolute crazy part is, is that I remember when the NBA got their first case and then you know shut down like an hour later. I was actually having dinner with my mom and my brother and my wife that same night and we're thinking, wow. They uh, canceled the, what was it, the jazz game. We're like, oh, that's weird. I wonder why. What happened? And then, you know, we finished dinner, and then we get home, and then obviously everything else came out. But it was that was just crazy, and it seems so long ago. But glad to be back. Yeah, man. It's uh, it's weird, you know. Um, I know we were doing the show, you know, via Skype or whatever. And, that, I mean, it, it, it worked out. I, I, you know, when you play back play it back in here, it, it sounded fine. But it's, it's, it's a different dynamic. Yeah, it's a different dynamic, you know. And then um, – but you know, it's glad to be. We're glad to be back on here and and doing this live and in person. And again, like 
there's nothing happening. Right now, we'd be talking about, you know, the three games set against whoever, you know, the White Sox or whatever, you know, we'd be going over games. And we are still trying to find things to kind of, I mean, there's things to talk about, but, you know, they're far and few between, and we're trying to do our best to kind of come up with things uh, to talk about, to have topic points. Yeah, weekly, especially weekly, like, you know, I guess that's kind of our main thing. We try to make it a point to come out weekly still, even with everything going on, whether it's talking about what's going on right at the at that time or interviews or just kind of stuff like that and so far i think we've done a pretty good job and just you know hopefully continue and hopefully baseball is somewhere around the corner i don't know we'll get into that later as far as that uh negotiation but hopefully that means it's sometime soon it will uh it will be able to watch and obviously talk about yeah there, i mean that's bottom line i think we talked about it last time we did the show together uh, we talked about, you know, the possibilities of, of, you know, what baseball was going to try to do. And a lot more has came out since that, that time. And right. there's a lot to talk about. And I know there's a lot of people that have their own opinions about, you know, how they feel about what we might see in 2020 or might not see in 2020. Who knows? But to me, I'm, you know, it's, it's a topic point. It's a little touchy with some people <laughs> and uh, me included. But, you know, yeah, we'll get into that as soon as we can get going i don't know we 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 wait or you raised a question um we put it on social media about the last dance documentary and stuff yep. like that that's you know well because well you know we can get into it right now then so obviously unless you were living under a rock espn put out a 10 part and i think that's kind of the differentiation the difference between this documentary and maybe like other documentaries is like yeah there's a bunch of like one hour docs right. stuff, 30 minute docs about certain teams and certain sports but this is like a 10 part each episode you know when you take out commercials is like between 45 and 50 minutes at least yeah Yeah. so you know and that's kind of the main thing everyone was talking about so i kind of had ideas like if you could pick a team and baseball history you know it could be the angels couldn't be the angels it could be different teams it could be way back and could be fairly recent what teams would you pick to have a documentary like that where it's 10 parts where it's like super in detail not only on the team but like on the players you know and that's like i said i kind of put that out on social media on our instagram and on our um our Twitter at Halo mm-hmm. underscore Haven. And, and, you know, the responses surprised me, but surprised <laughs> me in a good way. I'm not going to lie. Right. Because initially when I put it out, I kind of thought, like, oh, do I really want to put it out there? Because, you know, I kind of figured, you know, Angel fans would be kind of like the O2, the O2, the O2. Right. World My, that's exactly what I thought. And I'm like, yeah. And so, you know, we'll get into reasons why I think that works and why that doesn't work. But I wondered when I asked you that question, I kind of sprung it on you a couple of weeks ago when I first initially had the thought. What do you think or what team in the past would you want something <clears throat> like that where it's a 10, 10 part documentary and like each episode is like 50 minutes long? Yeah, that see, that's a tough question because we, you know, some of the emails that we got as well. Um, one of them touched on one of the teams that I've always had an interest of. Uh, growing up as a kid, I was born, I'm 39, so I was 8, 9, 10 years old when this team was um, at its height. It was uh, Oakland A's with Jose Canseco that's and Mark McGuire. I was thinking too, yep. So that's when you're an impressionable kid who are starting to like baseball players, not just the team because your mom and dad cheers for them. Right. You're actually starting to notice that player and this player and that player. So that team, that Mark McGuire, Jose Canseco, Ricky Henderson, Terry Steinbach, Carney Lansford, Dave Stewart, Bob Welch, ace team, awesome. 
And that's exactly, I pulled it up from Lamar, Lamar Washington, again, a, a loyal emailer. He brought that up. He's like, what's yeah. up, fellas? For the documentary, I would say, I would have to say the Oakland A's of 88 to 90, um, Canseco, Maguire, Lasorda, steroids, and three World Series appearances. And I think that's the biggest thing. And, I, you know, some people did say um, the Angels of 02, which I understand, Angels mm-hmm. fans, but it's like, yeah, if you were going to do a documentary about that team, what player or players make you want to be like, oh, I want to know more about him right. off the field. Right. I, they had great players like obviously Sam and GA, <clears throat> Erstad, Eckstein, all those guys, everyone knows who they are or who, you know, but did anything about them make you want to be like, I wonder how he is away from the field. Like right. you want to hear Conseco stories. Cause you know, he's kind of like batshit crazy. <laughs> you want to hear the, like how much steroids were going on in, in the clubhouse. You want to, I mean, Ricky Henderson and the, you know, Ricky going to be Ricky, you know, right. I'm sure there's a plenty of stories there. Right. The turmoil, the, right. the, yeah. there was, I feel like the O2 team angels team baseball didn't have, wise, didn't it was have any of that. Baseball wise was a great story. Six and 14, all that stuff. But off yeah. the field, I think they were kind of bored. Yeah, oh, absolutely. I mean, who Scott Spizio, I think, was the most exciting guy because he played in a garage band. Right, exactly. You know, and that's then, it. You know, but... and, and the thing about the last dance that I got really interested in was, like, they talked about Rodman and oh, his and whole his, yeah. Vegas and right. going to uh, NWO and all mm-hmm. that stuff. Like, there's not one person like that on that O2 team where you're like, oh, I want to know more about that. Absolutely. But yeah. when you look at, like you said, the, the Oakland A's, especially the one like in 89, mm. where they won 99 games, they won the World Series. Yeah. Got, like you said, McGuire. And even that World, World Series, there was an earthquake that happened. Right, exactly. I mean, <laughs> that's a really good one. Some other teams that I, I, I kind of were, when, when I originally thought about it, and some people brought it up too on our Instagram, um, was uh, obviously the Astros of 17. I didn't even think about that because it's so recent, but that's right, a good yeah, one. I think that's, that's a good a, one. I think that's down the line, one. they might. Right. It just, it's so new. A lot of players that are involved don't want nothing to do with talking about it. Right. So you're going to have to wait another 20 years when yeah. they're like past it. And, and I stuff. think the longer it is, the more of a story it becomes. Right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You exactly. Know? The longer it goes, the longer away it is, yeah. you can reflect and be like, okay, I played. I'm done. I don't mm-hmm. have to worry about like making someone mad or making someone upset because my career is done. Whatever. Um, another kind of teams I was thinking about was like the 86 Mets. I mean, you have Daryl uh, Strawberry. Dwight Gooden. Dwight Gooden. That's Oof. the Buckner game in the right. World Series. They won 108 games. And just the stories you hear about Strawberry and Goodwin or, uh, Goodwin going out, Dwight going out, like you want to hear about the drugs and all that. Like that to me will kind of grab your attention. Right. Uh, and, you know, uh, that 86 team too, that Mets team, I don't, weren't supposed to be there. They weren't supposed to be there, so that, that adds on top of it. Another another one to me, and I don't know if you can pull up the email, but I think another emailer talked about the um, New York Yankees of the nineteen late 1970s, 77, 78. I know ESPN had a show, not a documentary, a show called The Bronx is Burning, mm-hmm. and um, that was a team that had Reggie Jackson, who was a... Just uh, you know, a showboat and a half at the prime of his career. Well, Billy Martin and Billy just, Martin and just the conflict getting fired. Thurman Munson. Like, didn't he get fired and hired yeah. like five times? George Steinbrenner, all these characters on this and team. That's, and that's from Rob. I'm giving credit. Rob Lasting again emailed us. Good question on the documentary. I would probably say a documentary on the Bronx's burning Yankees. Reggie, Billy, George, and and Thurman uh, Munson, like you said. Yeah. Um, and again, like we said, like yeah, there are documentaries about a lot of these teams, but they're all like thirty minutes to an hour, maybe like an hour and a half kind of deal, like a movie type. But as far as getting into detail on the team, on the players, like, and not only that, and I think what 
the last dance did was kind of lead up to how they became that team right. so seeing the journey from you know let's just say for this team the yankees team the the reggie how did reggie become reggie kind of deal you right. know what i mean and i think right. that makes a, a a really good doc but yeah he's he's a, he's another good one and then kind of also kind of piggybacking off of it you have curses that have been broken within the last 20 years i mean you got the red 04 sox. red sox and then obviously the 16 cubs where again it's kind of soon Right. I think down the line, it'd be cool to see kind of how that worked and how that team got built. Even the White teams. Sox. The White yeah, Sox in 05, yeah. when they won the World Series in 05, they, I think they were the longest team that hadn't won a World Series, even more than the Red Sox up until that point. But um, there's a lot. And so I, my, the A's weren't my pick. They were one of my picks. That was definitely a team that stood out to me. But being an Angel fan and being a... I guess you can call me a historian of the team because I know a lot about I've read so many books about the Angels and I've always kept up to date with the history and you know me and Chris we're almost very Oop. similar. Oh yeah, that's right. Yeah. Some guy. We're very similar when it comes to the history of things. And so, you know, um I've read a lot of books and one included is called Angels Essentials and I'm showing it to the people here on Instagram live. People are joining us on Instagram live. So anyone who's listening to us on the podcast side you guys have an Instagram Instagram follow us at Halo underscore Haven on both Twitter and Instagram. But anyway, this book's called Angels Essentials. It's by Steve Travers, and I would love me knowing the history of the Angels and and I've read so many. There's other books. I think there's one called uh, There's one called Once They Were Angels, and that one gets into detail too about the the team that I would love to see a documentary on, and that's the 1962 Los Angeles Angels, not just. There's so much more to this this team than just the ninth, this baseball. Okay, so I'm going to read an excerpt from this Angels Essentials real quick. Damn, you did your homework. I did. Wow. So this 1962 Angels team. I that, just Google shit. Dude. Right. You're out full on well, excerpts. It's, I read this book. I love this book. I've actually read it again since we've been in quarantine. Um, this is from Steve Chavers out of Angels Essentials. It says, what really caught my eye was the story captivating baseball fans in the summer of 1962, the Cinderella performance of the second-year expansion team Los Angeles Angels. I love that L.A. logo. The players on the 1962 team just jumped out at me. Uh, the guys were so darn cocky. Pitcher Bo Belinsky threw a no-hitter and looked to be a 20-game winner early in the year but tailed off in the later part of the season. Another excerpt says, if Elvis Presley had been a baseball player, he would have played on the 1962 Angels. <laughs> Another one says, Maury Allen, who wrote Bo Pitching and Wooing, uh, the quintessential bio of Bo Belinsky, uh, talked about the 1962 Angels being hits, runs, errors, sex, drugs, and rock and roll, for better or worse. So, so this team was known for going for out, going out living was... the L.A. lifestyle of the 1960s. Bo Belinsky was infamous for dating... Uh, Dating like movie stars right. and 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 and, and, and getting stuff. in trouble with the law and showing up to practice drunk and pitching, you know. There's so many stories about different angels. They had Leon uh, Leon Wagner, who was a home run hitter on that Angels team, was this guy who was just didn't give a crap about anybody but himself and just was. Just, I mean, there was so many mixtures of guys. You had L.B. Pearson, who was like the wholesome guy on the team who never wanted to do anything out of line, no hair out of place. <laughs> and there's a story where. Uh, Bo Belinsky and Dean Chance played a prank on him, and the, they they hired an escort to go to his room. <laughs> so she showed up in the room, and he found out what was happening, and he booked it. Funny thing is, then the book says, uh, okay, "We're from Riverside." It says 
that LB found out that this escort showed up to his room. He was so nervous. He took off running, got in his car, and drove to his drove straight to his house in Riverside. Nice. So, you know, it's just a great story, and I would love to see a documentary on that. I mean, obviously, you know, a lot of the guys on that team are either gone or, no, you know. Or not able to. Yeah, yeah. but just an extensive, you know. You know, and the funny part is, too, and even watching The Last Dance, you would see the, the great footage of – Michael in the back, like in the locker room, and he and, and even there was times where Pippen was there too. Where after a game, you see him crack open a beer and just kind of drink, or mm-hmm. obviously Michael Cigar. with cigars. Now it's like, would you see that? As far as like oh, no, players dude. are so um, particular about how they take care of their body, and especially like in season, like you would not be able to see that nowadays. But if you do look back on people back then or, or players back then teams back then i'm sure you saw that all the time as far as um you know drinking after the game you know probably pitchers that weren't pitching like starting pitchers knew they had the day off probably you know stuff like that especially around the 60s 70s 80s where it's like yeah i there's no social media there's no no one's gonna find out like and he, yeah and even now i mean uh not just take, taking care of their bodies but image the yeah, image thing is thing. it's yeah. a whole it's a big thing you know you're you're not going to crack open a beer in front of a in front of cameras you're going to you're not going to smoke a cigar in, in in front of cameras so right. that public image is so drastically changed from the 60s 70s 80s even the early 90s uh from to now it, it drastically changed but you know there's so many teams that we could have I think there was another email yeah, about from from Duncan Healy he says yeah. hey there guys uh man do I miss baseball you can only watch so many old games you know I would like to see a documentary on the Black Sox scandal. I know we would get real good footage, but maybe somebody can do some crazy exclusive research and find diaries, et cetera, et cetera. I don't know that I, I don't know that the nineteen eighty six or nineteen eighteen White Sox thing was always always had my interest. So like yeah, stuff like that. Yeah. Obviously, kind of like what you're saying with with the the um, Angels way back in the day. Obviously, you're not going to have anyone talk about it. The 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 Black Sox scandal, right? But, you know, that kind of brings me up to, like, what if you were able to find some kind of uh, documentary footage on Pete Rose in his time with, right. the, with with the Reds, especially around that whole betting scandal when he was the manager. Right. You know, to either, you know, the, the show when he did bet, when he didn't bet, and if it was different when he betted and when he did, like, stuff like that, too, it works. You know, the Reds are a good team, the, the big red machine. I mean, I think anytime you have someone like a Pete Rose kind of personality on a team, it would be really, yeah. really interesting to see him. Um, off the field, away from the field, when you know, it might be him, his buddies, and just a camera to kind of follow him around, right? Really, right? You know, trying to do the best to kind of blend in, so you don't think about it. I think that'd be also yeah. one thing that also I also thought was like not even just the team, but like following certain players. And I, I thought about the McGuire Sosa thing, and that's actually happening, right? But uh, yeah, thirty for 30. thirty, thirty for thirty. Like I said, I know a lot of these teams probably have some kind of documentary on them, or blah blah blah. But I'm saying like ten, ten part, part series, yeah, yeah, you know, like. Because there are some of the really good documentaries out there, but it's like an hour, hour mm. and a half. They weren't able to get into the the how this team got built or how this team came together, which it looked like you know the, the last dance did with with Michael and yeah. Pippen, Kerr, Paxton, you know, uh, all those guys, Rodman, uh, Harper, all that stuff. So I mean, that was kind of taking over sports talk for the last you know five weeks. Mm. So I just figured it'd be a cool thing to talk about, just because it's like. You can expand it too, like in just different sports. And oh, yeah. us being baseball fans, uh, I think it would be really cool to kind of see a documentary like that. Obviously, there's I don't I don't think, and this is kind of another question. Jordan is hands down. I think you know 
obviously people debate it all the time, but he's the GOAT when it comes to baseball or basketball. Uh, fo- uh, basketball. Mm-hmm. But does baseball have that as far as – I mean, I know Trout, obviously with the Angels, MVPs, his numbers, he doesn't have the winning to back it up like Michael did. And I think but just the you, longevity of it too. You know. Right, and his story is still yet to it's, be yeah. finished. Yeah, he's still young. But, so if you take into account the guys that are done – is there someone like that I, in baseball's history? Is it I think, is it Jeter? But no. is it you know? I think you it. I think honestly, it's still Babe Ruth because he trans. I mean, look how long ago he played, and people still think. You think baseball? If yeah. someone says Babe Ruth, they know who Babe Ruth is. It could be a little he, kid. He crosses over to the yeah. casual. Yes. You know, you can go to someone's mom that doesn't right. watch baseball and say, and say Babe, Ruth. Babe Ruth. And like, oh, yeah, yeah. The, the old fat yeah. guy from way back. But yeah. it, and even even if they don't know much about baseball, say it's some seven-year-old kid that watches Sandlot, knows who Babe Ruth is because of the Sandlot, you know. But, you know, you say Mickey Mantle, not your casual person is going to know who Mickey Mantle is. A right. baseball fan for sure. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But Babe Ruth? Babe Ruth's Babe Ruth. Yeah. Exactly. He's, I, so for me, it's it's Babe Ruth just based on what I just said. Yeah. And not so much, you know. Uh, and then to the fact that there is – he is so old as far as when he played. There is that, <clears throat> like, um, mystery, like – did he call a shot? Did he, you know, was that his intention? Was that, right. you know, like there's so much things about him that's like, you hear it and you read it in books, but it's like, there's like little to no video evidence at all, at Anything. all, you know, all you have is like the records and what people say, like second, third hand. So yeah, it's like the mystique of mm-hmm. it where Jordan's like, you can see what he did. Like he was, yeah. he didn't play that far ago where it's no. like, oh, there's no video. Like, no, you can. Literally right. watch every single game he right. played if you can find the means of doing it. There's video out there, right? But like as far as recent times too, like okay, if you if you if you kind of narrow it down to the television time, if mm-hmm. there's a player out there where you can see every single game if you had the means because there was you know TV or recordings right. back then. Like I don't know if there's a person like that with that can be on Jordan's level or close to Jordan's level. I I just no. I mean, whoo. No, because Jordan is just—he's Jordan. Yeah, I, I mean, yeah. what? I mean, what? I mean, yeah. It's it's just tough. It's that's a that's a tough one, you know. Um, people always debate on 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 things. You can bring up LeBron. You can bring up Kobe. You can bring up which is fun. Always magic. Yeah. And that's and that's you know Kareem, Wilt, you know, um, uh, Russell. Uh, you know, that all comes up. Everybody, and it's going to come up in every sport, you know. But I think Michael Jordan just—he came at the right time. He did what he did. Then he had a break. Went to go play baseball. Did pretty good. Yeah, let's talk about that. Considering, so, so let's talk about that. So obviously, baseball podcast fits right. in perfectly. Right. The fact that he didn't play—he hadn't played baseball since it's like sixteen, seventeen. Yeah, years since old. high school. Yeah. And then uh, he goes into double A. Double A, not. Single A, triple A, short season A, double A. He goes to double A. Well, part of it, and they said in the doc, is because the double A facility was the only facility. Right. They can or, hold or the, the lowest facility that can hold fans right. and media and all that stuff right. that they knew they were going to get. But they hit above 200. Yeah. And he drove in like 50 runs. And stole, oh, crap. I want to say like 20 to 30 bases or something yeah, like that. that. I mean, that's good. Like, I'm not going to say that 
you know, he wasn't. Yeah, I don't. I wouldn't be comfortable saying that he would be Jordan in baseball if he took it no, from the beginning. But, but I think it, a serviceable guy. Dude, I, mean, I can see him being like, if, okay, let's just say in a, in a alternate universe, Jordan picked baseball over basketball when he was a kid. It looks like he could have been like, like a like you said, a serviceable major leaguer. Maybe gets to like three or four All Star games. Has a you know maybe he has a hot season where he's in MVP consideration. You know, obviously a, a good player, but you know, obviously I don't think he would be Jordan, right, or, or Trout. But I mean, the fact that he was so multi talented right. and that fact was, was pretty crazy. And, yeah, and I think uh, I wish I, I should have took a screenshot of it. Um, but some major league player posted on Twitter is like, "Oh, what I did in in Double A, and he batted like one ninety three or one ninety, right, like right. something like that." And then what Jordan batted in right. in Double A, and it was like you know two hundred six or two hundred four or whatever it was. But that was really interesting to see, and it was you know if that strike didn't happen, I mean, there's so many different. Does he stay with baseball? Right, Does right. he not come back? Well, to that wait, what second happened? Half? Yeah, yeah. That's just to me, it's absolutely crazy. There's people on here on Instagram Live. Someone said Tim Tebow better than Jordan in, in base is baseball in baseball. That's debatable, but this is what you got to take into well, consideration. That's fine, but Tebow wasn't Jordan in football. But that's what I'm saying. <laughs> yeah, Michael Jordan, when he left the game of basketball, was the greatest player on the planet at basketball. Let's forget about of all time at that time. He was the greatest basketball player in basketball. He had just won three championships with the uh, Bulls. He had done everything, left, then went and played baseball and did pretty damn good. You take any basketball player out there right now, throw him on a baseball field, probably not going to do that good. You and, know that, And that's what you got to take into consideration, that he went from the greatest basketball player on the planet to go play double A baseball and did he had okay. Like a fifteen or seventeen game hit streak when he first started. And well, that's because they were throwing him fastballs. Well, still, but you still got to fucking hit it. Yeah, I know. Like, Hand eye coordination. How many gotta guys be, can you just put yeah. out there on the bat? Like you said, yeah. How many basketball players can you put out there? Yeah, right. granted. Tell him a fastball's coming. Tell him a fastball's coming. How many of them can get on base? Like, yeah, you can make contact, but can you get it by the infield to? Yeah, where, get a hit. Get a hit. Like, yeah. You know, there might be dudes out there that can make contact with it, but is it going to be a little dribbler to shortstop and get thrown out? Right. Like nothing. Right. You know, that's and that's the thing where it was pretty crazy and just his work ethic, too. And it, it kind of sh- it sh- it showed um, not only in the basketball, but on the uh, not only on basketball, but on the baseball side of it, where he would take BP in, in the morning. He would take BP, you know, before the game, like everyone else. And then you take another BP like after the game and just keep on going. And, and I think that was a really cool part of the of the doc is just showing what he, the time he put in to get, like, it wasn't just a, let me just yeah, make it a hobby. Like right. he was, and yeah, he was serious. But you got to think about it. He had just come off of playing a season of basketball. So he went from playing basketball and not playing baseball at all to, to just dedicating his life to baseball for 18 months and batting over 200, driving in 50 runs and hitting, I think he hit like a couple home runs. Yeah. I think he hit like, Four or five, something like yeah. that. But driving in fifty runs—that's no joke. Like, that's that's like, you still have to find gaps because you got to find, yeah. you got to get through the infield, which that's is like pretty good considering. I mean, obviously, wasn't a top prospect. He wasn't like a Joe Adele or Brandon Marsh right. or anything like no, that. No, but you got to remember, this guy came from playing a completely different. And he was sport. like thirty-two years old when he did it too. <laughs> so that he wasn't twenty. He wasn't twenty-three, like in the peak of his prime. Like he right. was like. Yeah, I did that whole basketball thing. That was cool. I won a bunch, but ah, what do I want to do now? Like, yeah, yeah. You know, it, that, to me, that was crazy. And, and, you know, that was probably my, my favorite part of the doc. Just being, Absolutely, yeah. Just yeah. being more of a baseball fan than I am a basketball fan, yeah. I found that stuff. And Terry Francona being yeah, the yeah. manager. 
and he admitted how good he really was. He's like, that was pretty damn good. He was pretty good. Yeah, and he was like, yeah, you know. And he said, what? I think he like a thousand more at bats. He probably would have found his way in the major league roster somewhere. As a you know, not as a star, maybe, but you know, he'd come in and steal a base pitch runner easy. Yeah, yeah. I mean, there's long, lanky legs and just the frame like it. And then that was another thing too. He he built his body from basketball to to baseball, and he's like, Mm -hmm. yeah, I got to change my whole weight training. Routine. I got to change my whole, you know, how I do things from going from a basketball player to a, a baseball player, and that just showed that like, he knew he couldn't just walk, like wake up and just go do it. He knew he had to put right um, some kind of work into it. So that was our documentary last dance type of thing. Again, a lot of great answers, a lot of great teams out there that you can think that would be great in, in, a, in a ten part doc. Um, you know, obviously Johnny talks about the Angels, early Angels, yeah. You know, I still think that, you know, the 1986 Mets would probably be really cool because I think following Strawberry and, and, and Dwight to, like, a club in, yeah. in New York in the 80s would be absolutely just crazy. Right. Uh, just to answer Dr. Something, man, he would hit 067 MLB. Come on, guys. We never said he... Yeah. I don't think we ever said that he would be good in the MLB. We just said he did good. I, at... I, said him as, I had him as a pitch runner. Like, yeah. Great, he can hit. Yeah, I, he we, can hit like a hundred. I never said if, he'd be good can, in the major can, leagues. I but mean, if he could steal a handful of bases and key opportunities, I feel offended. You would think that I thought he'd be a good major league baseball player, bro. I really do, because <laughs> I never said that. Um, I'm just saying he did good at Double A for right. coming for 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 having never played since he was 17 to go and play at a professional right. level. Like and said, do what he did. That's pretty impressive, guy. You can't just don't negate that. Yeah. That's pretty damn impressive. And and, and, it's, and I'm a Kobe guy. But the funny part though is like you don't know that if he decided to go baseball all the way when he got out, got out of high school. I mean that's the biggest thing. Screw the '95 Mariners. They ruined my summer, bro. They came back and took first place from us. <laughs> answering answering that question on Instagram Live. No, love, but yeah, I love Griffey though. But he's probably, I love Griffey too. I have, probably, I have my Griffey. He was, he was probably my favorite player. My Griffey starting lineup down there. Even with even with the Angels, he was. Uh, my yeah, Griffey player. was awesome. But yeah, screw the '95 Mariners. <laughs> All right, so we're gonna take a quick break, uh, and then when we get back, we are going to talk about obviously the players and the owners' negotiation and the 67-page health and wellness doc and all that stuff so we'll be back right after this um you'll be listening to the all angels podcast i'd like to take a second to shout out the network that helps distribute our show armchair media armchair is a collection of 50 plus podcasts including ours trying to localize the sports world a little bit more we've been with them since approximately 15 months and have enjoyed growing our audience with theirs starting june 1st bet online will serve as a title sponsor for armchair as well as our show This will open up the possibility to develop merchandise lines, as well as potentially host live events once we return to semblance or normalcy. With NASCAR, UFC, and golf coming back, BetOnline has hundreds of games and events to bet on. They have live and simulated sports, as well as a $10,000 Madden Bracket Challenge you can enter for free. Visit BetOnline.ag on your computer or mobile device to check out the action. BetOnline is your online wagering solution. In addition to Bet Online coming aboard, Armchair will now serve as the host network for the world's largest skateboarding podcast, The Nine Club. Hosted by professional skaters Chris Roberts and Kelly Hart, The Nine Club talks every week with the biggest names in skating. They're on social media at The Nine Club. To see all things Armchair, search Armchair Media wherever you get your pods. 
Also, check us out on Armchair's website, armchairmedianetwork.com, and our social channels at Armchair Media. Armchair Media. Those who can, do. Those who can't, take a seat. What's up? Johnny Catfish here, ambassador for Groom Goon Beard and Body Care. Are you tired of your beard feeling rough and not so fresh? Do yourself a favor and do what I did and check out www.groomgoon.com. Groom Goon carries a variety of beard oils and beard and body soaps that will leave your beard feeling soft and smelling great all day long. Don't just take my word for it. Go check it out for yourself. Again, that's www.groomgoon.com. And at checkout, use discount code CATFISHTHEGOON, all one word, CATFISHTHEGOON, and receive 15% off your purchase. Why choose Groom Goon? Well, because your beard deserves it. Listen to my show, The Punk Corner, on KJ Epic Radio, every Thursday from 5 p.m. to 7 p.m. Hey guys, I'm Alex Curry, and you're listening to the All Angels Podcast. We are back, so thanks to our sponsors for doing what they do, making this possible. Never in my wildest dreams did I think that we'd um, actually be, not that we're making crazy money, but, you know, they provide us the equipment that we need uh, and then Johnny gets a hat every I, once in a while. Look at that. You know, I got this hat. Nothing crazy. We're not getting mortgages, but Johnny's has enough to ba- I know. get an extra hat. I'm That's freaking, all he wants. I'm in love right now. That's so. all he wants is an extra hat. But it wouldn't happen without our sponsors. So I want to thank our sponsors again for making this show possible. Um, you know, also the Armchair Media Network for giving us a platform to, to reach out to a broader audience. So thank you guys again. And I want to shout out real quick our good friends at Archangel Pins. That's at Archangel Pins on Instagram. They got some bad ass swag um, button stickers. Check it out on Instagram at Archangel Pins. Give him a DM. Let him know what you want. And he's a great guy. He will take care of you. So let's get into uh, our next topic, Daniel. Yeah, so obviously in kind of how we started this uh, podcast, we talked about the quarantine and just COVID-19 and everything going on. Well, now it looks like baseball's coming forward and they have a proposal they sent to the players about getting back to baseball um and kind of where you hear about it is that the whole idea is maybe getting like a spring training 2.0 somewhere in june at the home fields and then the season starting you know people have been saying july 4th you know early to mid july but i guess one of the big hang-ups is not only the safety part of it but the pay part of it. I think to me, that's the most troubling piece of the puzzle because I think the safety, I think that they know that it can be done. You have wrestling that's doing their things where they get, you know, 20 to 30 wrestlers together to, to put on a wrestling performance. You have now soccer in Europe doing their thing, the KBO baseball league. So well, they're doing yeah, their and, thing. And obviously it's going to be without fans, right. which is fine. Uh, like, absolutely. And we've I mean, talked we about really this before that, where it's yeah. like, if that means we get baseball back without fans, then cool. I'm, I'm, I'm yeah. cool with that. So I think 
the plane and the safety, I think that they have everything in place. That they that they know it's possible that this can happen being safe, you know, where they'll take the tests, they'll do the temperature checks, there'll be there'll be things in place that you know will make it safe for the players. Now, I think like I said, the toughest piece of the puzzle is the whole collective bargaining agreement, percentages of revenue going to who players um, you know what the players deserve, to, what people think the players deserve to get. But you know, there's, there's a, there's a, there's a players union, and I know that people are, are talking. These guys make millions, and what are they complaining about? Blah 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 blah. I tend to 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 go more on the side of the players on this one, man. When you really think about everything involved and the cuts that need to be taken from their salary, and I know they make more than us guys. I get it, but you can't put yourself in that situation. You can't put yourself in a Oh well, if I was a millionaire, we can't say that because we don't know. We're not, you know that. So it, it'd be like me going to work, and then my boss saying, "Well, you know what? Since you're only working for this many hours, we're gonna cut your salary in half. Plus, we're not gonna pay you for coming out here. You know, stuff like that. Well, no, it, what, yeah, and it's like that. It's like okay, the, for the one most, thing on top of another. Yeah, for the most part, these players are like a lot of Americans, and I realize it's an issue. Are furloughed right now? Like yeah. that. That's what the players are. Now, imagine you coming back to work and your employer saying, hey, we can only get you to work, you know, maybe three times a week. All right, cool. I'll take it. Obviously, I'll take it. Now, imagine them saying, we're going to have you work three times a week, but now we're going to take a couple bucks off your per hour rate. Now it's like, wait, what? Why? And I think that's kind of like the equivalent of what's going on with the players. Obviously, back in the beginning of or the end of March, there was an agreement between the owners and the players saying that they're going to prorate the salary. Meaning, players will take, you know, if it's if fifty percent of the, the games are played, then fifty percent of the pay. If they if sixty percent of the games are played, they get sixty percent of the pay. Like it's equal to what they pay. So it's not like they're looking for. I want you know, if you're making ten million dollars a year, they don't. They're not saying I want all my ten million no matter what. If they play half a season, I, you know, they agreed to like, okay, cool, I'll take five. Oh, yeah, they take what half of the season. Is. And now the owners are coming out to, and saying, like, well, now we figured it out, and now we think it's going to cost us more money now to open it up without fans, blah, blah, blah. Can you take a, you know, there's been numbers out there, but let's just say, for example, like a 30% cut from that. Like, whoa, what? Why? Because because you guys are, are struggling. And, and, it, and it makes sense that the owners want to do that because, again, they're businessmen. But at the same time, there's been years for teams where they make above what, was projected for that team because maybe they got in a hot run. Maybe they, uh, you know, sold more tickets than they originally thought. They don't kick that revenue back down to the players and say, hey, guys, we had a great year this year. Everyone's getting, you know, $300,000 more or, or whatever. Like, they don't do that. So why? And so the players are saying, well, why is it you guys get all the benefits when it's going great? But now that's going bad. Now you want to get into our pocket? It's like, right. we don't get any of the cut when it's going good. Right. Why do we have to give up some stuff when it's going bad? And I think like, that's the biggest thing. Yeah, and, and and not just now. What president does it set for later? You know what I'm saying? Players union. Think about think about this, guys. Like Players were property of owners. I mean, free agency didn't happen until Kurt Flood, I want to say, in the 70s. Like, you know what I mean? So players were pretty much, like, property to people, you know? So... There was there was a large fight for people to for players to fight for free agency. And I know the money now is crazy and it's stupid, and I it sucks that there's millionaires fighting with millionaires, but it's a principle of the situation, right? Now. And I think it that's... really and it sucks because I don't want to be treated like that. 
You know what I mean? If I was a millionaire, if I was a baseball player, I would not be in agreement with what's happening right now. So we have a comment on our on our, on our Instagram live, and it says, "Be honest. Do you guys think players are being selfish by not so. taking cuts? We're talking about millionaires here. Yeah, exactly. We're talking about millionaires, but then you're talking also talking about millionaires, not billionaires. Yeah, and then, you're, and then if you're like, oh, the players are so selfish, yeah. you're like, well, what do you call the billionaires that yeah. are the owners? So that it's are like, paying these guys. So it's like, yeah. you know, if if I did something so good. That I'm getting paid millions of dollars for, I, you know, whatever. I can't imagine what what. I, there's nothing I can do that's going to be worth paying millions of dollars for. Right. But if I knew my value there, why would I lower myself on that? Like, yeah, I got it. Like, oh, be selfish and blah blah blah. I was like, at a certain point, you got to look out for yourself. It's a principle. The situation. It's it's it's, a it's more than it's a it's it's a more it's more than just money. It, it, I, trust me, man. I'm a part of a union. So, so am I, yeah. Yeah, and, and I'd, I'd hate for my union to, to not fight for me in these kind of circumstances. You know what I mean? So the players the players are – I'm not I'm not against the players on this one. Like, I do think that, they're, that they, they both need to, you know, set their egos aside and be meet fairly. I think the, half, the 50% thing is cool, but when they're adding another percentage on top of that – so like you said, let's use the 10 million mark. Okay. You're going to get paid $10 million a year. Oh, we're only paying half a season. That means you get five. Okay, that's cool. Good. Well, let's cut another 30 on top of that five. And then, you know, so we're not having – just because we're not getting fans and we're not getting all this money. And like you mentioned, well, what happened last year when we made so much above – above? Well, we thought. Yeah. yeah. And you can't pay me that extra. Why? We, we can't you, – you didn't kick it down You then. can't pay me what you're supposed to pay me? You know what I mean? If we're only paying half a season, you're supposed to pay me half the season, not 30% of half the season. It's not how it so, works. So one player that came out, and I think to this point is the only role player to talk about the money aspect of it was Blake Snell. Um, this is funny. Cy Young winner, pitcher for the Rays, and he was on Twitch playing a game, and then obviously if you're one of those gamer type, you know that you can post in the comments. And so I guess – Someone asked him about, will you come back for a lower rate? And this is what he had to say. No, I'm not splitting no revenue. I want all mine. Bro, y'all got to understand, too, because y'all going to be like, bro, Blake, play for the love of the game, man. What's wrong with you, bro? Money should not be a thing. Bro, I'm risking my life. What do you mean it should not be a thing? It 100% should be a thing. If I'm going to play, I should be getting the money I signed to be getting paid. I should not be getting... Half of what I'm getting paid because the season's cut in half on top of a 33% cut of the half that's already there. So I'm really getting like 25%. On top of that, it's getting taxed. So imagine how much I'm actually making to play. You know what I'm saying? Like, I ain't making shit. And on top of that, so all that money's gone. And now I play risking my life. And, and, what, and if I get the Rona on top of that, if I get the Rona, guess what happens with that? Oh, yeah, that stay, that's in my body forever. That damage is not going to be, like, the damage that was done to my body, that's going to be there forever. So now I got to play with that on top of that. So y'all got, I mean, y'all got to understand, man, for me to go, for me to take a pay cut is not happening because the risk is through the roof. It's a shorter season, less pay. Like, bro, it's, yeah, man, I got to, no, I got to get my money. I'm not playing unless I get mine. The Rona. So I, there, I think the, the way Rona. I think the way he said it and the way he spoke about it was a bit. It could, I know how that can come off really bad. I think it came. You know what? I think the message. I think the the. 
the idea there's, behind a message was true. There's I think points the, there that yeah, and and let's talk about it too. The owners that again that want to take more money from the players because of whatever financial reasons, these owners are not going to be in in danger. I mean, let's be honest. Okay, let's say they have games and there's there's no one there. Um, the owners are probably not going to be there either. They're probably going to be at home watching on the TV, just like everyone else. So it's like you want me to take all the all the risks, all the risk, and 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 but you're not going to pay my full amount, right? And I think you know, it it just sound he sounded a bit cocky, but the point was there, you know, like oh I'm gonna get mine. I don't like the way he said yeah. that, uh, but he's right. Like you know, I don't agree with um, I should you know should get my he. They, so the point is, they're not going to get their full amount because it's a half season. But they should at least get paid half the season, full half the season, right. not another thirty percent off the half. That's pretty ridiculous. And, that, to me, that is pretty ridiculous. And part, part of me will start thinking too is the fact that okay, these guys, yes, they make millions of dollars for them for the most part, um, especially if they get into the arbitration years. But these guys are used to living a certain way, which is cool. Like you make the money, you deserve to live a certain way. But they still have, there's like everyone else. They have mortgages and they have, you know, payments on certain things. And and if that income that they were expecting to come isn't there, you know, especially for something that's not their fault. Like you get busted for PEDs and you get suspended half the year without pay. And now you have to scrounge for money. That's on you. You decided to take those PEDs. You popped and you, you know, you failed the test. That's on you. But for something like this where it's like, um... No one saw this coming. No one knew it was coming. You hope that some of these guys are saving money somewhere. But the fact of the matter is, like, dude still has to pay bills just like everyone else. And granted, like, oh, but he lives in a huge house. And no, no, no. I'm like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, cool. Like, I, but I don't know. Maybe I'm different than most people. I can separate it. Like, well, I, but it's, it, what's the, the difference is that they play a sport and they make more money than us. They're no different from us. So, like, it's a job. It's their job. Right. Like, I mean, I wish I did something to get paid. I know, but people, I don't. People would pay to watch me right. do my job. Like, no one does that but shit. But we don't. So, but yeah. you can't, you got to separate that because if it was me and you and our, our, you know, that's, you know, luckily for me, I'm working and you've been working. Right. And they've been paying me. You know, we've been getting paid. But if, if they cut my hours back and they told me you're only going to get paid for the hours of work, I get it. That's fine. Yeah. Pay me for my hours that I'm working. Right. But you know what? But don't we're gonna, take two dollars off my per yeah, hour we're, rate. We're gonna take <laughs> yeah, we're gonna take two hours off your rate because you're supposed to be here every day, but you can't. We're so, losing money. Yeah, we're losing money, so we're taking two dollars off your rate now, like your pay rate per hour. Yeah. What's it, it, why is it different from me than him? Because he's a major league baseball player, makes more money, yeah. but it's still a job. It's still what he does. I That's mean, where you got to separate it. And and, and it too, it's like. I, I saw things people were saying, well, he's willing to pay, play for his for this amount, but he's not willing to pay for that amount. Like, yeah, it's like everyone – and you're a wrestling fan. What, is, what did um, Ted DiBiase always say? Everyone has, has a price. price. Yep. And that's what it is. He's going to play for his price that he's going to get. Like everyone has a price. Like I don't know about you, but like when I'm younger and whatever, you're hanging around buddies and they're like, hey, I dare you to do this, this, and this. You know, my my answer a lot of times was – well, how much are you going to give me? Right. You know what I mean? If the dude's like, hey, 20 bucks, I'm like, eh, I don't know. Okay, fine. I'll give you 50. Okay, cool. I'll do it. You know what I mean? Like, every, like that's that's something that anyone can relate to. Right. You know, it's like right. you're around buddies and like, hey, hey, I dare you to go jump off this or go do that. And it's like, well, what are you going to do for me? Like, if I'm going to entertain you, give me give me something. And I think that's what, what it is, is like 
they're going to be that out there for <clears> entertainment <throat> for everybody. They, you know, they know what their price is going to be. Right, right. No, it's just everyone has their opinion. Everyone's going to not, not agree on this, and it's exactly what's happening with the owners and the players. It's gonna they're gonna have to they're gonna have to work something out. Something's gonna happen in 2020. I'm I'm in the, I'm on the team that I want to see baseball happen in some form, and I'm also on the team that I think they will work something out eventually. Uh, but it's gonna that. it's gonna have to happen soon, soon though. Soon. We can't just be spinning our wheels in mud right now. So let's talk about so. this then. Let's move forward. Some of the new rules that would be implicated during this half season, abbreviated season, whatever you want to call it. One of them is the realignment issue. Right. You would have the Angels playing a lot of the or all the West teams. So pretty much you put all the AL West, NL West together, that's one. You got all the AL and NL Central, that's another one. And then you got the uh, AL and NL East being a whole another one. How do you feel about that? That doesn't bother me at all. Not one bit because I know what the if we do have a 2020 season, okay? We already know that it's going going to be different. It's going to be different, it, and it's not what's going to be the normal. They're not. If next year everything's gone, the virus is gone, or there's va- okay, everything's back to normal next year. Don't expect twenty twenty season, abbreviated twenty twenty season, to look like the twenty twenty one season. It's going to everything's going to go back to normal. So I don't care if they're playing Eastern teams the whole time. Right. You know, I know the alignment. I it, to me, it'd be cool to see them play a lot of the West teams, even the Dodgers, the National League teams, because it, it's it'd be pretty awesome a nice little yeah, change it's, it's how you play the dodgers more than just four times a year right so in the padres in the Padres, and the giants and the giants and diamondbacks and there's not those annoying ass like five o'clock games because they're right they're, and it's like now i gotta rush home and get yeah. everything's gonna be like seven o'clock so yeah. i can get home in plenty of right time. but it does it doesn't bug me at all that the line i know i touched the I want to say it was the last time we were on, or may, I might have I might have been on Instagram Live here on Halo Haven, and I talked about it. There was people that were like, "No, this is a stupid alignment," and blah blah. And I, I don't get why people get hung up on that so <laughs> well, much, especially as a kid growing up that didn't understand the history of baseball, right? And growing up and being like, "Well, the basketball goes east and west, right? The football right. has like east and west divisions, and yeah. It's like hockey does it. It's like." So what you're telling me the Angels and the Dodgers aren't in the same division, right. but they're like an right. hour away. Like, I'm okay. Like, obviously this season is going to be different because of everything going on. Yeah. But if this is something that kind of like, wow, that really uh, worked. I, I'm not exactly against it. I'm not against it. I'm not for it moving forward. For, but for 2020, I don't care what they do. Like, if, because Just get on the field, you got to take <laughs> you got to take the you got to take it the way it is. It's different. It's yeah. going to be different. So who cares whether they play the Dodgers eight times this year or if they just play the Cubs and the Cubs and three other teams? Like, it doesn't matter. That's all we're going to get, and that's all we're going to get. Yeah. But moving forward, if that were to happen, I'm on the I'm on the fence. I, I could go either way. It doesn't bother me either way. But, it be, but yeah, it makes sense. The Lakers and the Clippers are in the same division and in they basketball. They play each other so many times, so, and that's cool. And that's, yeah, that's and, you know, and my biggest thing, and we've talked about this before on other podcasts. Rivalries. Mm-hmm. You get the Angels and Dodgers to play 15, 16 times a year. Oh my god, that's a legit yes. rivalry. Yes, because there's a four game set at the end of the year that the Angels knock the Dodgers out of playoff contention, or vice versa. Yeah, yeah, exactly. That yeah, that is a rivalry. So another rule. That is going to be implicated if they do agree to all this stuff. And this has come from Trevor Billings. Uh, again, emailed us. He said, hi, guys. Just wanted to want your guys' thoughts on the universal DH. 
I mean, I'm a American League fan. I've grown up with it. I've had it my whole life. Always found it weird that pitchers batted. So to me, it makes 100% sense. But on top of that, it prolongs players' careers. So if a guy is on the Dodgers and he's getting old, now the Dodgers can say, we can keep him because he can be our DH now. Albert. Yeah, exactly <laughs> with the Angels and Albert. Like, okay, he's not a good filler, but we'll leave him in there to be the DH. It's going to prolong careers for people in the National League, like Ryan Braun, for instance, with the Brewers. Yeah, he'd be a great example of a DH. That's a DH right there. Doesn't have to. The Brewers don't have to worry about trading him. We'll re-sign him for two years. He can be a lifelong Brewer. You and know now, what I mean? Stuff like that. And not only that. Makes sense to me. Not only that, union-wise, again, because it's always going to come down to that, more jobs. Yeah. Oh, yeah. More yeah. jobs for players, and the union loves that because then <laughs> – you know, every player cuts a little bit to the union, and the union makes more money. They're like, "Hey, yeah. so, um, you know, I, I think I, I, I wish you." And people want to say, "Well, the beauty of it's gone. The strategy behind it's gone." It's like, yeah, I can see that, and I can understand that. But at a certain point, it's like, I don't know, like, like, well, you'll never have the moments like uh, Bart hitting Bart, a home run. Yeah, Bartolo Colon hitting a home run. I'm like, yeah, that's great. But before that, he was, he was hitting, you know, point. Eight nine yeah. one zero eight nine kind of batting average. And it's like okay, great. You have one thing like that every ten years from a pitcher. It's like, uh, are you really gonna miss it that much? Yeah, like, I, I mean, again, for the major- I mean, we watched one hundred sixty two Angel games a year. Okay, so maybe if I was a Padre or a Dodger fan, and you know, I've been seeing the pitchers bat, and maybe okay, I'd, I'd be talking about it differently. But you know, being an Angel fan my whole life, watching all the Angels games on TV, I've always had a DH. So. It was always weird to me that yeah. an Angels pitcher would bat anyway. So, yeah. you know, it doesn't bother me. I like it. I like the idea. And it, it helps National League teams add power to the lineup. Oh, yeah. It just – yeah, I just – I like the universal DH. I like that idea. It's just offense. I guess I'm an offense type of guy. And and then, too, another – I forgot who mentioned it, but it's like if your pitcher's dealing and it's a, like a 0-0 game or a 1-1 mm-hmm. game, but your pitcher is going, you know, into the seventh inning and he has – 12 strikeouts and he's just rolling you really want to see a manager pitch hit for him or you you want to see him be pitch hit for so now he can't continue this role or do you want to leave him in there then he gets hit by a pitch now he has to run the bases and then you got to run him out there i'm saying though okay no you pitch hit for him and now he can't continue or like the other alternative is yeah he's in there now he has to hit and now he like you said they put him on for whatever reason or he you know and now he's tired and now he gets lit like pitchers pitch like let them be pitchers and now we'll have to worry about hitting like i just feel that's just best going forward and like i said there's also the job aspect of it and it's just all that stuff is also just adding benefits so i hopefully the Universal DH obviously will be here for the 2020 season whenever they decide to start. I would be a fan of that continuing past it. If if they decide, hey, I'm this is where we're yeah. going to go, and I guess the NL teams would have a problem with it because, like, well, our team's not structured for this. But, like, tell them, hey, in 2023, we're doing this, so... Get ready. Get ready. I think that would be the best thing is get ready for it. I think that's what they should do. So I don't see nothing wrong with it. Exactly. So, again, there's a lot going on with the players and the owners. And if anything happens or anything becomes final, uh, we'll definitely talk about it here. But a lot of it right now is just negotiations. And they haven't even really got to the big point. Like we talked about the, the money aspect, which I think is going to be the biggest part. So, moving forward, we got one other email kind of off topic. And we want to uh, touch on it before uh, we sign off. 
But this was from uh, Edward Viscaino. He says, hey, uh, Johnny and Daniel, hope you guys are doing good. In your honest opinion, what do you guys feel about our fan base? I had a huge discussion with my Dodger fan friend and really couldn't deny anything he said. Don't get me wrong, I tried. I feel like we have rabid fans, but not a good type of rabid, and so do the Dodgers, but uh, but in complete different ways uh, of that makes if that makes sense. Always stay safe. So, what do you? Your first thing when you saw that email come across, what did you I think? Started busting up because we talk about it all the time. Oh and yeah, off, 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 off air, off air, all the time. And I get what he's saying. Okay, so my I, my whole family is Dodger fans, except for my family, my mom, my dad, and then now my family, and then my uncle. They're Angel fans too, but everybody else is Dodger fans. Dodger fans. So I know, I I know the the difference. So we have rabid fans, we do, but I feel like our rabid fans, and I'm not trying to discriminate or I'm not trying to separate or categorize a real fan from a fake fan because everyone's a fan in their own certain way. Dodger fans are just a lot more rowdier and a lot more obnoxious. Sorry, <laughs> they just are. Angel fans are obnoxious as well, but in a whole different way. And I know you know what I'm talking about, okay? Um, but, yeah, our fan base, I think the history, our history is not, we're about to be 60 years old next year, the Angels, right? I hope to say we are, but yeah. I'm, I'm barely 33. Right. I don't know what you're talking about. 60 years, that's not a really huge history. And neither are the Dodgers. And, and, and you know, they or the Dodgers are old. They started in Brooklyn. But their history in L.A. is only about three years more than the Angels. So, I think it's just really Angel fan. I mean, let's be honest. Angels didn't have anything to cheer about. We had three Western Division championships in our first 42 years. Um, three Western Division championships in our for- first 42 years. We didn't have much to cheer about. Well, kind of going back to, like, when I talk about the, the last the last dance doc, like, I feel like a lot of fans hold on to the old 2 season, which makes sense. That's it's, fine. It's, it's fine. But That's it's where like, you build. You start to build a fan base. Then. But it's like, you know what? They won a World Series. Angels have won a World Series. Mm-hmm. The Marlins have won two. Exactly, and it goes goes. It boils down to winning, guys. Like yeah. so, but the fan base, the Dodger fan base, was rooted way before we were because they they were winning championships. They won three championships in L.A. while the Angels were doing pretty much nothing. And that's that's being one hundred percent honest. So, um, but the Dodger fans are really obnoxious because there's a lot of Dodger fans. And there's a lot of Dodger fan friends that of mine that are solid. I will go to bat for them because they know their team. They know their right. history. They, But there's a lot of Dodger fans who don't go for the Dodgers because of baseball. They just go for the Dodgers because it's a cool thing to do. And they don't know nothing. But there's a lot of Angel fans the same way. They, You can ask an Angel fan and they don't know anything. But that doesn't mean – I'm not saying that they're not a fan. Right. They choose to be that way. You know, so there's a fine line there. Like our fan base – can be pretty obnoxious and the Dodger fans can be pretty obnoxious in a different way. I think honestly, you know, I think it's for any any fan base, regardless of what team it is. There are always a handful or a certain percentage that are like true diehard fans. Get get the game more so than just, hey, why aren't we winning? But can look into the fact like, hey, you know, we didn't have a great year because this person was hurt or this blah blah blah. They can look into the X's and O's of the game kind of and understand why the team is winning or not winning. I just feel like there's not a a lot of them. <laughs> like, I don't know. Like, 
and I'm the same as you. Like, I don't like to define, like, I'm a bigger fan than you because I have season tickets. Or I'm a bigger fan than you because I have a tattoo. I'm a bigger fan than you because I, be, I collect memorabilia. I'm a bigger, right. like, I don't like the whole thing, like, oh, well, what kind of fan are you? I'm like, everyone has their own fandom exactly. in their own way, which is cool, which is do you. Like, I don't have no problem with that. I just think, I I guess, in a way, I judge the fan bases. And, again, I don't reach out to a whole lot of fan bases and, and see how their fans kind of talk about things. But, like, I want to know fans that know the game outside exactly. of just angels. Mike like, Trout and that's it. Right. And, or not even that, but, like, I can respect when a guy comes into Angel Stadium and is a really good pitcher and, let's say, for example, shuts down the Angels. Has like he's like a Cy Young, like a like a Verlander or Cole or any of those type of caliber players come into Angel Stadium, shut down the Angels, and then you know the Angels don't. You know some fans will say, "Oh, we suck, we can't do it." I'm like I'm the type. It's like, dude is good. Yeah, like, what can I, you do? You got to give respect, him props. And there's been times where we've texted back and forth during games where it's like, "Oh crap, you know so and so is on tonight. It's going to be a long night." And it's it's not because the Angels suck or the Angels are this, Angels are that. It's it's because I can respect the other dude being really good at what he does and, and is capitalizing on all this stuff. And so like, to me, I think there's not a lot of angel fans that do that as far as like give credit to the other guys. And I have no problem giving credit to the other guys. Or if there's a batter that that comes in, that's super hot. That's like, you know, he's on a streak and he's doing this and dude hits, you know, goes three for four and with a home run and a triple and all that stuff. It's like, you know what? He's hot. You know, right. I, I, you, you can't, you can't plan for that. And it's like, I, I can respect that. It's not because our pitching sucks. And what is he doing out there? It's like, no, it's like, Hey, sometimes you're the nail. Sometimes you're the hammer. It just happens sometimes. Yeah. And it gets frustrating when it, you know, we're on the short end and stick half the time, but yeah, you gotta, you gotta draw the line and say like, you gotta know when your team's good. And you got to know what – that's what separates – to me, that's what separates a fan that knows something, you know. You got to – you're complaining about the team that we have. Were you expecting him to win a world championship? Because a real fan would know well, this well, team's not that, that great. Well, and then, so like, coming into, like, nah. the season, that's why we – I mean, nah. it's kind of a – I know it's kind of like a, everyone does this type of thing, but we talk about, like, oh, predictions. It's like – I hate uh, predictions, you know me. And, but that's the reason why. It's like yeah. you never know. And it's like, yeah. well, you don't think they can win, you know – Every game, you're not a real fan. It's not it's that not, though. Yeah, and it's like if you were to tell, if you were to tell me at the beginning of a year, regular year, that hey, the Angels are going to win, you know, let's say a hundred games. So just just so I can do the math easily, that means they're going to lose sixty two. Mm-hmm. But if you sit out there and say, hey, they're losing these sixty two games, like individually, like well, you're not a real fan because you don't think they can win. I'm like no, like I think they can win. I just feel this matchup is going to be one of those losses that every right. team has. And you, and you just got to be a re- realistic with the team that they put out there. You know, you're not – there's going to be years where your team is great. They're the Yankees. They're the, you know, they're the Astros or whatever. I'm so hoping for it to be this right? season, but look at so, the we're done. But, like, do anything. Even, even when you know that they're not that great, you always have that hope that they're going to be contenders. You know, that 2002 team was not supposed to win the World Series, and they right. did. Right. Oh, yeah. I mean, they're so a wild card team. And that's what baseball is all about. Like, that's what sports is about. But you need to know – you need to – for me, for me to respect you as a solid fan, and this is just my opinion, is you need to know your boundaries as a fan. Like, dude, this is a team we have. I can't get overly excited or overly dramatic on certain things. Like, unless my team has – 
you know, Garrett Cole pitching every other day, and you know, you know, and this are they're a yeah, and, and then, top front contender. And, then and, and this will kind of because we're running out of time. This will be my final part of it. But like, I understand fans live and die off of certain wins, and the big wins you always or the big games you always hope they win. But me being, and then we're saying goodbye to our Instagram Instagram live, live people because we reached we reached the hour. But you know, it's good. Um, as a as a baseball fan, as a like an ex football coach, where you know, as a fan, you don't you can't control the game. So you, I guess I don't have I don't take losses as hard as I I guess some fans do because some fans are like, oh, can't believe we lost that game. We oh, we know a couple people like that. It's like okay, cool, but did you have anything to do with it? Like, did your call cost them that game? No. Or do you know for sure that what you're complaining about? Is what causes a loss. Right, exactly. Yeah. So my whole thing is like, hey, I have no control over the game. Yes, I'm happy when they win. Yeah, I'm upset when they lose, but I'm not going to let it carry over till the next day. or Let it bother you then and then move Right, on. and so like when I was a football coach, because it, it, it could have very easily have been something I did to cause that loss. I put someone in the wrong position. I called the wrong play. I did this. I did right. that. Then, yeah, that sticks with me a little bit more because I know I had direct um, – I had a direct impact on the game. Yeah, like yeah, as yeah. a fan watching sports, baseball, basketball, football, whatever it is, like you know, I, I don't take losses that bad, and some fans take them really bad, and I just don't understand it sometimes. Yeah, I mean, there's times where I get super mad, you know, and I do catch myself going, "Okay, I need to stop. Okay, relax, calm down," because I'm I'm mad at that moment, and most of the time, I think I'm mad for the right reasons. Where that was freaking stupid. That should not have happened. It gets me, and then I think about it. Well, it happened, and they did it. So what am I going to do? I'm not going to yeah. stop loving my team because they're losing. You know what I mean? So, and I also know that if I keep complaining about it, it's not going to make it any better. It's just going to get me worse. Yeah, you go on Twitter and like, oh, yeah. the Angels suck. Like, they uh, they might see it. They might. They probably don't. Right. Well, the but they are going to be like, hey, Robert from yeah, yeah. you know Fullerton said this. We got to change everything, guys. We, we might as well. They don't care. And I've always said that, like, oh, John from Riverside, you know, is going to impact this game. Then it's not going to happen. So that's where you got to kind of catch yourself. So yeah. I think I've been better as I've gotten older with that. Yeah. So again, that's just a topic that someone got emailed us in. Now we got the rant over. We can move on. Mm-hmm. But. um yeah, so that's going to pretty much wrap it up for this episode yeah. of the All Angels Podcast. We're going a little bit over an hour, but hey, you know, we haven't been together for a while, so yep. why not? So looking forward, we're trying to work on a, a, an episode for next week. We, you will get it. Let me put it this way. You will get an episode next week. What it is, we just still, don't know yet. We're still working out if it's going to yeah. be both of us, if it's going to be us and a guest, if it's just going to be myself and a guest. We're still working on that, but there will be something out next week. Um, again, anytime you guys want to reach out and contact contact us, you can do it on social media or on an email. Our social media is always Halo underscore Haven. And then again, um, our email is allangelspodcast at gmail.com. Either way, we're both on there. We're both uh, pay attention. We both um, see it. So um, comments, questions, concerns, all that kind of stuff, that's the easiest way to reach us. Um, for you Apple users, please rate, review, subscribe. Help us spread the word. Now that hopefully baseball starts soon, we can oh, spread God. the word out yeah. uh, to other baseball fans that are looking forward to, you know, obviously Angels baseball. Um, one thing, too, we, 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 we probably will do, we do the, the live stream on Instagram, which is cool. Another thing we might do is, is take selective interviews or selected 
um, podcast, if you will, and, and probably try to put it back on YouTube. We tried a little bit of it, but because of the lack of technology or the lack of equipment, we, it was really hard. But now that we're kind of and I think building back up, I think we might yeah, take another jab, I think uh, stab two, at it. I think I, I think too. I we we didn't know where we were going half the time. Like, you right? Know, are we going to Chris's? Are we going to Daniel's? Are we going to John's? Whatever. For me, this. Now, now that we now, have now this, now it's pretty much okay. Either we're going to John's or Chris's. It's that's yeah. Simple. I mean, this is always going to be open, so you know, where where I think I think this could be the studio, but yeah, I think it's it's a cool different way to kind of throw the podcast out there, right? And reach different platforms. So because I know, you know, on our wrestling podcast that I have, you know, people say, "Why don't you guys do it on video?" And it's just like, you guys really want to see my face? Okay. So, you know, that's like another, another, just another way to kind of get it out there. So, um, yeah, listen to us on, on all your, all the platforms, pretty much Spotify, iTunes, Google, um, rate, rate and review us on, on, on Apple, like, like Dan said, because that gets us to the top of the list on those, uh, you know, categories. So that's what we want. Yeah, exactly. So again, I know there hasn't been a lot of sports going on, a lot of baseball for those guys, or gals that have been listening to us this whole time through the pandemic, through Gracias. the you know delay in the season, we really really appreciate it. Um, you know, we're hoping that you know that sucks. Like, I don't want to get too far into it, but like I really felt like we're ta- we're going to take the next step and and doing we're we were going to go twice a week. We're going to do this. We're going to do that. Yeah, and, and, just, and, and this and whole this. thing kind of you know. So hopefully now. Once baseball starts, we can more content. We can put more, more things content to talk there, about. Like, hey, if you have an idea, and, I, and I'm very, and I'm serious, like I'm very open. We're very open to ideas. So if you have an idea of what you want to see here or, or or topics, don't hesitate to email us at allangelspodcast at gmail dot com or halo underscore haven. Again, our Twitter DMs, our our, our Instagram DMs are, are open. Mm-hmm. Um, we're trying to make this better for you guys out there because we know. Um, it's a little something to help you guys go uh, go through the day or go through the week. So we really appreciate you guys hanging in there and still downloading and listening, even though there's <laughs> no games going on. Uh, yeah. So c- continue to download this and subscribe to our friend. We appreciate it again. Uh, next week we'll have something, whether whether it's with a guest or us or whatever. We'll have something for you guys next week. And uh, moving forward, I think it's going to be a lot smoother. Oh, definitely. Yeah, yep. I, I, I agree. Yeah. All right, that's going to wrap it up. I'm Johnny Banks. I'm Dan Garcia. And you've listened to another edition of the All Angels Podcast. some things that are too good to keep a secret like how your amex platinum card helps you have the perfect trip i'd like to check into the centurion lounge or how it seems like you always get those hard to snag tables Ooh, yum and how you get the most out of select can't miss events with access to the centurion lounge resi priority notified and amex card member benefits at select events You'll have to share. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search. Match. With Indeed, leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. 
So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash match. Just go to Indeed.com slash match right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash match. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Delve into the shadows of the mind with Sleeping Dogs, a gripping murder mystery starring Academy Award winner Russell Crowe. Now available on digital. Crow portrays an ex-homicide detective, unraveling a brutal murder he can't recall. Uncovering secrets from his past, he learns a chilling truth. It's best to let sleeping dogs lie. Visit sleepingdogsmovie.com slash Wondery to watch Sleeping Dogs, now on digital. That's sleepingdogsmovie.com slash Wondery. Searching for NBA playoff coverage? We've got you. The Old Man and the Three, presented by BMW, gives you an inside look into the world of sports. Hosted by former NBA sharpshooter and Duke legend J.J. Redick and sports writer Tommy Alter, The Old Man and the Three offers unprecedented access to the league. Tommy and J.J. discuss the NBA and interview some of the biggest names in the league, like Devin Booker and Luka Doncic. NBA final season is the perfect time to dive in, and you can listen to The Old Man and the Three wherever you get your podcasts. To hear episodes brought to you by BMW. Push the limits this NBA season with the brand that set the ultimate standard. BMW, the ultimate driving machine.